0: Welcome to another edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Today is July 13th, 2016, and, and today we're going to be talking uh, with a man who um, has his background in education and the relationships of, of Christianity and Christians and its relevance to education. And, and, and that's probably not even scratching the surface of what we're going to talk about. We're going to, but we're going to be talking with Dr. Jay Green. He is... Um, he has written a book called An Invitation to Academic Studies, but it's part of a bigger series, a faithful learning series put out by P&R, and we're going to get to that discussion in just a minute. Let me um, just remind everybody uh, what we're doing on the podcast uh, since I've graduated from seminary a number of weeks ago. Um, I've been actively working uh, with my assistant on securing guests uh, for the future, and um, so if you want to know just exactly what we're doing on the podcast, it's very easy. You just go to the website, confessingourhope.com, and there, um, there you will see all the information as to what we've done and what we're actually working on. I can give everybody a little bit of a sneak peek. Um, we have two guests that were working with Banner of Truth to line up uh, for the program. Mark Jones, who wrote the book Knowing Christ, many of you are familiar with that and then another gentleman um, as well. So um, we are actively working and have guests scheduled all the way into September now. So um, so go to the website, ConfessingOurHope.com, and there you'll get the information. In addition to that, if you want to know more information about the seminary, uh, the website is gpts.edu. I remind everyone about our Summer Institute uh, with Dr. Chad Van Dixhorn. That is coming up uh, at the end of July into August, as well as the Southern Presbyterian Theology class uh, taught by Dr. Nick Wilborn. And so, again, if you want to know more information about those particular classes, uh, you can go to the website gpts.edu. And of course, if you have questions for me, criticisms, inquiries, whatever, I, I take them all, uh, you can write me at hope at gpts.edu. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking with Dr. Green. He has written a book, An Invitation to Academic Studies, and this book uh, specifically deals with uh, the question of why study academic disciplines like history, literature, biology, philosophy, chemistry, and and computer science. Why even study secular subjects in the first place? And so, um, Dr. Green, it's great to have you on the program. I admitted to you off air that I feel a little uh, disadvantaged in this interview, but uh, I think it's going to be good and I'm really looking forward to the conversation.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me and uh, I appreciate your interest in the subject and I think that uh, when it comes to education it's something that uh everybody has a stake in whether they have a child uh going through school or anticipating college or just kind of living in society uh in general uh the 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 challenges and the prospects and uh, the reliance we have on on, on learning is uh is ever present something that's certainly worthy of uh, of, of our consideration, especially Yeah, you're of, of
0: right. You're, yeah, you're right. And and you know, if you're a parent, you have, by definition you have children, and uh-huh. if you have children, you're going to be thinking about this in, in some capacity. And, that's right. and you know, what educational road process am I going to uh, employ with my kids? And it's vitally important, of course, in in whichever path you choose. Now, uh, Dr. Green, as, as, as I said to you off-air, um, my listeners may not be familiar with you. I don't mean that in a snarky or rotten way, but, I, but, um, but this is an opportunity for you to tell the listeners a little bit about your background and um, why you're um, qualified, as it were, to even speak on this subject.
1: Well, um, yeah, I wouldn't expect them to know me, and I appreciate, uh, again, the opportunity to, to talk a bit. I'm just finishing uh, 18 years, my 18th year uh, teaching history at Covenant College, uh, Lookout Mountain, Georgia, which is the uh, denominational college of the, uh, of the PCA. And uh, I have long had uh, a, a, an interest in the ways in which Christians engage learning, and uh, doing so in ways that are informed by faith and uh, faithful to God's calling on our lives. So uh, this particular study uh, came certainly out of those conversations, but the nature of the ways in which Christians often speak about the relationship between faith and learning, integration of of faith and and, and academic disciplines, has very often been uh, rooted in the idea that we are responsible as Christians primarily to develop a Christian world and life view. And I Mm -hmm. am entirely behind that project, believe in it. I think it's necessary, but I've started to come to believe that we treat it as somehow sufficient. There's a difference between it being necessary and being it... being sufficient. And I think that... whereas it's important to develop a Christian worldview, and it's important to make sure that we're oriented in the world of learning, in a way that is uh, faithful to the scriptures, I think that we've often downplayed the necessity of actually being fully formed practitioners of those disciplines.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so i I really wanted to push the conversation a little bit back in the other direction, partly because i some I sometimes think that we assume that if we're trained in in theology or in philosophy, we are we have the authority to critique the inner workings of all the different disciplines. And I, I think that that's true only up to a point. I think that uh, sophisticated learning within, whether it's biology or literature or computer science, and especially doing so working in a, in a faithful way, actually has a lot to teach believers about living faithfully in the world. So I, I, I've wanted to make the conversation, uh, I've, I've wanted to bolster the value of studying the disciplines in a way that I think Christians should do partly because we're responsible to do so. Uh, but also partly because I think it actually, um, is good for God's kingdom.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with you. And, I, and and as you were talking, I was just jotting down a few comments. Um, as we, uh, spoke in the beginning, um, every parent is, is going to have a vested interest in this subject. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I just kind of wonder, do you think in your opinion anyway, that parents really are thinking deep enough about this issue of education? And if not, how can they begin to explore the ins and outs of that, which is going to be, their children are going to carry with them the rest of their life, whether they're live you know, working in the church or whether they're working in the world, or th- it's going to frame how they interact with the world uh, from a Christian perspective.
1: Well, that's a really a hard question. And I, and I don't want to overgeneralize, and I'm sure that they're, uh, I, I think parents are thinking deeply about their children and caring mm-hmm. for their children. Uh, I... I guess one of the another one of the motivations for uh, the series was how much anxiety that I hear among Christian families about sending their children into the world, and that that's a kind of, And I'm a I'm a father. I have three children, um, and I, I I share that concern, uh, the burden of raising our children uh, to become fully formed, healthy and uh, faithful believers is something uh, that, that is uh, it's a challenge in any age. And it seems a particular you think, challenge now.
0: Yeah, do you think that's that, that concern that parents have regarding this issue um, is because the options that are presented to them, either public education, parochial education, or homeschooling, um, need, none of them necessarily uh, accomplish all they're trying to do? Well,
1: here's the thing. I think that we sometimes trade safety for um, quality of instruction and competence. Uh, not always. There are plenty of, uh, of of Christian schools, parochial schools, that are genuinely serious about learning, in addition to being... Uh, providing a... a, a a safe space, and I use that word advisedly, but a a place uh, of faithfulness in terms of cultivating uh, piety and uh, and instruction in the scriptures and growth and grace. I think Hmm. those things matter. I think that we shouldn't be satisfied with that as an alternate to uh, deep preparatory learning,
0: and so I you, you are you're, you're arguing for both. It's a it's a both and absolutely, thing. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: There was a study that was done about. Uh, it's been a while, but I think this I, th- I think it continues to hold. And this was a study among evangelicals uh, in college, and I, I, th- I think it bears on their earlier training. But they took a group of evangelicals who went to Christian college, and a group of evangelicals who went to secular universities, and what they found was that. The evangelicals who went to Christian college, uh, by and large, were good at explaining the f- philosophical and theological foundations of their disciplines, but when you ask them to engage in serious conversation about the disciplines themselves, they were much less confident in doing so, whereas the, this, just about the opposite was true of of evangelicals who were at secular universities. They were more able to engage the inner workings and uh, talk at a sophisticated level about their disciplines, but they were much less prepared to speak about the philosophical and theological foundations of the disciplines. And I I don't think either is a good place to be. I think we really want uh, students who can thoughtfully critique what the disciplines have to say, where they are promoting uh, an understanding of the world that's consistent with uh, with With a biblical worldview and where they're not um, and to um, but to simultaneously be incredibly sophisticated and thoughtful in in the disciplines, and I think that's what we should strive for uh, not just at the higher levels but but at all levels and so uh, I, I think we should with I, I think we should diminish our fear of the disciplines and recognize them as as gifts from God.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This may be a little off um, track. Maybe not. Hmm. If I I had three children and and my concern, I don't think is unusual with most parents that uh, they send their kids off to college. And I think the statistics, I don't have them in front of me, you probably know them off the top of your head, but how many we lose a lot of our youth? Yeah. Uh, they leave the Christian home. They go to the. I don't want to just say the secular schools. I'm sure it happens in Christian colleges. Sure. You're a professor at a Christian sure. college. You you know you have an eyewitness vantage point to this. Um, but what we tend to lose a lot of our youth to the world after mm-hmm. they leave the, even though they were grounded at home in in. in Christian principles and morals and values and worldview, and then they go to, to the into the universities. They go into the to the schools, and they're they're shaken. They're 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 turned. Um, is this related to what you're trying to accomplish and how you're trying to marry up the reality that we need good education with strong worldview, Christian worldview, um, being able to explain it? Is is that part of this uh, goal that you have?
1: Yeah, I think so. I. I guess. I mean, we have a variety of options when we think about our uh, sending our kids into the world of learning, and and there is a. This isn't a new. One of the things I want to uh, acknowledge is this. This isn't a new challenge. I think you can find even within the writings of the New Testament, and even prior to the New Testament being written, there were anxieties about the impact of learning on fidelity to family traditions and to uh, the, uh, within the Christian tradition, certainly uh, fidelity to faithfulness uh, to God. So this is not a new problem. This is something that is ongoing. It was the early church father, Tertullian, who talked about uh, the tension between Athens and Jerusalem. And mm-hmm. he, he said that one has nothing to do with the other, and that Christians should, uh, that, that, that we should sort of withdraw, batten down the hatches, and sort of avoid the, the impact of Athens. I, I think that that's one option, and I think we have a tendency to, toward a kind of uh, fortress mentality that out of fear uh, withdraws, Because we we, we are desperately anxious, and I am right there with with anyone who feels that way, about sending our kids to the wolves and um, having them, uh, for the sake of embracing kind of a cosmopolitan way of seeing the world, uh, turn their back on faith. I just don't think it has to be that way. And I think in some ways, that impulse betrays a lack of confidence in 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 god's protection and providence over our lives and so i guess i want us to think a little a little differently about that rather than simply presume that the being present within uh the discourses of secular learning is going to sort of cause us to abandon faith
0: yeah i i think that's well said and and as i was thinking again uh, in a very broad sense about the subject As Christians, we should want our kids, our children, to go into these universities and to grasp and learn and Mm -hmm. become the best musicians Mm -hmm. uh, for God's glory, the best doctors for God's glory, the best uh, philosophers for God's glory, whatever the subject may be that they're going to major in or study, um, because that would then translate into a greater impact as they leave the school and they go into that career field, whatever it may be, again, for the the glory of Christ's kingdom, Mm -hmm. because they're well-versed. Well, able to well articulate, uh, able to articulate well uh, these issues, and so the fear syndromes it's, it creates this barrier, this shield that we sort of erect around our kids. It's like they can't get out of the bubble. And um, I remember telling my wife when our kids went off, and you know, there, of course it was a concern, but you know, we have to at some point we have to trust that we raised them right. The Lord is the one that did it, and mm-hmm. He did it through us. And we have mm-hmm. to so they're covenant children. We have to trust this. At some level, but but let me ask you this question, and this is not my question. Um, My assistant, um, who you emailed back and forth with, um, Mm -hmm. that he's really this subject. I actually told him he should do the interview because he is. (laughs) This is something that he really um, has a number of opinions about and has thought through very. Well, and so he threw me a, no, a number of things to say uh, that would maybe help us. But one of the things that he suggests that we maybe talk about is, uh, given the fact that most higher education is hostile to Christianity, and that many are raised to believe that faith is 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 um, over here and secular studies are over there, right. um, in another realm. How should we as Christians then interact with these things? I mean, I think that's what you're trying to yeah, accomplish in yeah. the whole series, and I think that's the root of it.
1: That's that is that's right. I'm in a rare position and really a privileged position, and I recognize that not very many people get to see what I do, but Covenant is a college that's brimming with products of secular research universities from around the world who have reached many of them, you know the pinnacles of their fields. They're producing scholarship. Uh, they're in, involved in conferences. They're participating as full-throated members of their disciplines, and they're simultaneously entirely committed and faithful to Jesus Christ and His kingdom. And that is that is a little bit of a difficult thing to entirely grasp. For many, given how we typically think about the modern university, now don't don't hear me as saying that the that I believe that the modern academic establishment is benign and there's no problem and there's no hostility. There are deep and desperate, in some cases, challenges within modern learning uh, and within the halls of academia all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However. I don't think that it, it, it necessarily follows that it's impossible to persist in faith and to be faithful and actually uh, derive all kinds of good value from those places. I think I think it takes a lot of work, and I think if you go into that naively or presuming that you're simply going to imbibe everything that comes uh, from secular academics, I think you're going to be uh, I think there's there's going to be problems. So I think it does require uh again a sophisticated framework, a theological framework and an intentionality, but I don't believe that it's simply the case that the that that the the, the world of secular academics is entirely hostile uh to to the kingdom of God. I think that the, that that God is so much bigger and his purposes are being worked out in sometimes very unexpected places.
0: It strikes me as, as one who went to a secular undergrad situation. And I could tell you horror stories about that. Um, yeah. Is that speaking personally, when, when I was in those circumstances, uh, there was a level of boldness that I had to have mm-hmm. um, in the classroom mm-hmm. um, when I was being fed a lot of baloney. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one case in point was um, I, I, when I was taking biology in my undergrad, my uh, professor of course was teaching on evolution uh, and you know, and I'm sitting there as a Christian and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, this is nonsense. If you want to just teach me this stuff so I can know about it, that's fine. But the way it was being presented, it was like, this is the way it was. And so I, you know, asked him, uh, p- plainly. Um, I said, uh, you know, sir, with all due respect, are you teaching this subject as a fact or as a theory? Mm. Um, and you know, he, he, he looked around the room and, pondered it for a few minutes, and I, he, I, mean, I think he knew where I was headed. And, sure. and I think he bailed out, whether, I, he be, I, whether he believed what he said after that or not, I don't know. Um, I took it to face value, but he said he was teaching it as a theory, and if that's the case, okay, fine, teach it as a theory. You're not going to influence me. Um, I'm grounded on Genesis 1. I believe that God created all things, created everything in six days, and yeah. um, just like it says. And so, um, but I mean, it, my point is, is that the, there are some students that go into these situations they don't they don't have the constitution i don't mean that in, in a negative way it's just right. that they're not wired that way no i, I um that. to to stand boldly uh in a classroom where the faith is being attacked in some capacity and to, to ask the right questions in a way that gets to the root of the issue yeah. uh, isn't that part of the part of the problem uh, or i mean that, that's not the right word is that part of the issue
1: no, I, it absolutely. I think it absolutely is. And I, when I finished the, this booklet and and sort of con- conceiving, and I'm the general editor for the series, I kind of stood back and I recognized that one of the takeaways could eat from from what I've written could easily be, don't bother with Christian colleges, just go to the secular university and um, you know God will take care of you. That's certainly not what I was intending. But I, I I also didn't want to in any way um, diminish the, the plausible case for faithful Christian higher education because that's well that's that's my that's my livelihood and uh, that's something I I believe in uh, profoundly and I, and I do think that the well from again from where I sit we we kind of in some ways have kind of the best of both because we do have active practitioners within the disciplines who take those disciplines seriously but are also deeply nourished by the scriptures and have a framework that they bring to the disciplines where we can ask well and, and I think that's something that we've begun to think of think about here uh in the last several years that um is, is pretty astounding uh it would be astounding to hear from the outside as i think we have at a place like covenant far more real genuine academic freedom and the ability to exchange ideas than many secular universities that have a kind of implicit unspoken orthodoxy that is governing discussions and you you dare not tread outside the bounds of and i i say that not to contradict what I said before about the value of these disciplines, I just think that that 's a reality we have to contend with and, and here I think we can we can ask just about any question we are mm-hmm. we're not pretending that we aren't at a place like covenant bounded by the scriptures and framed by the Westminster confession and that's that's that 's a good place to be but Does that mean we don't ever disagree not at all uh it's just that we have a framework to work in and a certain set of foundational assumptions that we uh, agree to that uh, allows us a real uh, pretty sturdy space to have uh, pretty rigorous conversations. And that's, that's a good place to be.
0: Yeah. And it seems to me that if you're going to have intelligent debate or discussion with those who you disagree with, um, then you ought to be well-informed um, as to the subject matter that that you're arguing against. Yeah. Um, I mean, how else are you going to get to the root and substance of their issue? Uh, take evolution, just use that as an example, right. um, since I already brought it up. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, as a pastor and a Christian, I believe in God's fiat acts in Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. But I, I need to understand, educationally, in, intellectually, The 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 paradigms and and structure of my opponents who hold Dearly and animately uh, to evolution and to know what they're going to argue Why they're going to argue that so that I can interact with it intelligently from a Christian worldview, right? Um, And so if we don't put our children in a situation, I think this is what you're saying I'm Mm -hmm. trying to get to the root of that yeah where they're able to do that Um, if they don't know the arguments uh, they 're not going to be a good testimony and witness against those arguments that violate that which God has said, and That's right. so how do you interact in a Christian worldview when you don 't know what the world is thinking about that 's right and
1: yeah does and, that make and, sense absolutely and I think that the the, 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 the great um, uh, I guess the great challenge for all of us is to uh, uh, to keep our ourselves and our children from naivete I think that to to, um, I I think it would be sorely mistaken to presume that the modern university exists as a neutral field of open give and take uh, and and discourse so so I think that we we need to go in with a certain degree we have to go in certainly with our eyes wide open uh, and a certain degree uh, of defensiveness. Having said that, I don't think that every issue is an issue where we have to go in with our with our fists up. I think you, right. you raise a, a certainly uh, a profoundly important one when it comes to evolution. But I also think that uh, there was a um, uh, I, I quote a, a professor in in the book uh, who's a believer. Uh, who t- teaches literature at, at uh, the college, college of William and Mary. And one of the things that she said was that sometimes conservative Christians are the worst students she has because they come in with their minds so strongly already made up. And so this is one of the dangers of of our tendency. Their minds are so already made up that they're sim- they simply exist in her classroom to try to catch her in some kind of liberal statement and she mm, and she mm-hmm. said so so one of the things how do we i guess this this is maybe even a bigger challenge how do we how do we cultivate young people who are as you as you talked about open-eyed cautious, and thoughtful but at the same time teachable and here's where uh, I don't know i mean this is this is a really really big question in my mind because we we, uh, I strongly believe that these disciplines are gifts from God, and even though they're broken, even though they are very often controlled by unbelievers, a lot of profoundly true things are emanating from them. A lot of really smart folks, even when they're not directed by God's Word, they have a lot to teach us. How can we glean from them the good that they have to offer while at the same time uh protecting our hearts from evil and i think that, that that's the conversation we need to be having with one another when it comes to sending our kids uh to um off to college and even off to uh and then this is a challenge even within, within Christian schools. I think we can't, mm-hmm. uh, we yep. can't presume that, that, that everything that goes on in a Christian school is something that we ought to, you know, uh, we're, we're, all, we're all broken. <laughs> all the institutions we're part of are affected by, uh, by sin, and I think we need to sort of be uh, conscientious
0: uh, across the board. So you're basically speaking about the, how our Christian worldview then should affect these our approaches to these dif- different disciplines—music, literature, history, um, whatever—and I think you make a really interesting point. That and 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 I was just reflecting again on my own undergraduate work. I I think I had that tendency when I went in the classroom. Uh, yeah. That, that 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 they're the opponent, and I'm going to get you. Um, right. I don't know if it was that overt. It, may, it might have been. If you knew me well, you'd probably agree that it was overt. <laughs> but. Um, you know, I, I had an environmental biology professor who was a lesbian, mm-hmm. and uh, she knew I was a Christian, and well, you, you can imagine that kind of what that relationship was like. Um, mm-hmm. She just did not like me. That was just the way it was, and she took every opportunity to make me look like an idiot if she could, and um, and I felt a little outclassed. Um, but yet, that doesn't mean everything that comes out of her mouth is wrong or err or, or erroneous um, on that given discipline, whatever it might be. It's really a question of sanctifying it and, and bringing it captive to the reality of this is god's world um, yeah. speaking about biology yeah and and keeping it there
1: yeah I, I think that we, we uh, I think that we need to figure out what it means what it looks like to be winsome um, and to make the faith you know certainly we need to be defenders of the faith, but I also think we need to If we believe this is a beautiful vision of life, I think we ought to find ways for it to look beautiful on our own lips and in our own Mm -hmm. lives. And I think that, um, I think often what happens is we can train our kids to see such a dangerous caricature of what secular folks are like and what they're doing. And we should do that. We should make them wary. But very often, what happens is they find it turns out they're decent people who care about a lot of the same same things that we do. And if we're not careful, we can make the people and their the the institutions they're a part of. Um, Offering them uh, offering such an, uh, 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 a a wrong caricature that if they find that it isn't entirely so they're going to be much more compelled by the visions that they that 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 are offered there. So I, I think recognizing that gosh you're know, you're going to find a lot of decent people who are who believe it's a lot of the same things you do. That doesn't mean that that what they're that you want to buy everything that they're selling, but you want to um, you want to listen, learn from them but remember who you are. Remember who, who you who, who, who has claims over your life and allow that to guide you at every step. And that's, it's just, it's it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough place to be in. And, uh, I
0: certainly need some skill and some wisdom, obviously, as you steer through this thing, it's not a straight road. Um, and there's a lot of twists and turns. Um, another question that, that, comes up in I think in these discussions is does being a Christian mean that we that we can do these things better than non-Christians, these things mm. being you know literature, music, um, history, um, does that mean that we can do it better? Because we're Christians after all, so we can do that better than the non-Christian.
1: Yeah, I I uh, I I don't think so. That certainly um Mark Knoll wrote a book about twenty years ago called The Scandal of the Evangelical Mind. I and, and, <laughs> and I really think it's a book that we should uh, continue to be reading with one another. He kind of gives a narrative in that book of the ways in which Christians uh, over the last um, century and a half, um, in many in many cases with very good intentions, uh, abandoned learning, abandoned mm-hmm. the institutions of learning, and in all kinds of ways seeded learning over to non-believers or uh seeded the notion that learning is a neutral project or project better suited to to pagans because we were you know busier doing uh being activists and doing evangelism all good things and i think that because of that the the institutions that are doing uh, most of the research and generating most of the learning that exists within our culture uh, have nothing to do with faith and uh, only have the most tenuous connection to, if they were institutions that were uh, begun in the name of Christ, uh, there's there's not a lot of evidence that that uh, is, is still the case. So in all kinds of ways, we are reliant on uh unbelievers when it comes to a lot of uh what counts as as learning so i think that i think that that's something we need to be aware of and something that's a problem but i think that god's truth uh still has a way of finding itself uh to to, has has a way of of uh Coming through, even there. Uh, I remember I, I had a really unusual experience. I, I, I was, um, whenever I was a high schooler, I was uh, seriously ill and had surgery, kind of saved my life on my uh, my small intestine. And I remember my father and I had a conversation about the fact that all of the men who happened to be participating in my surgery were Hindus who were in no way interested in, um, in God, or at least God as we understood it, or, and somehow God used these men to uh, help heal my body. It was a real turning point in my life in seeing the power of uh, well, common, what some call common grace, that God's truth um, is true wherever it is found I think we i think that's a that 's an insight that 's a powerful one that we have to be careful about, but I think it it remains true that uh, we uh, we have a lot to learn from unbelievers, and uh simply by being a christian doesn 't make uh the what we say and how we engage botany or um Renaissance poetry better. Uh, than the pagan who d- doing some of the same work.
0: Sure. Uh, you know, you're, In a sense, you're talking about the process, the means. Um, all truth is God's truth, whether it's history, music, literature, whatever it may be. That's right. Um, and so, and, and I'm sympathetic, and I understand the parents' concerns that, you know, as we try to work through this carefully, the reality becomes, you know, how are we going to send our kids off to the school when we know, well well, what they 're going to hear is going to be godless in a lot of ways uh, yep. in a sen- in the sense of the worldview it 's coming from, um, mm-hmm. and how then are they going to not be lost to the world as they get inundated for four years and it 's not just the classroom it, right. it's it's the environment itself absolutely um, and it, and this is kind of a strange way for me to segue to something. Um, <laughs> my listeners are probably laughing because they know I tend to do that. You know, I, I wrote, I mentioned off air, I wrote a paper on, on education. Um, probably not a very good one. I, I, I doubt it was, but um, <laughs> where I argued that parents have three options when they raise their kids. Um, it, it, and we're here, we're talking probably about everything prior to college. And, but that maybe this argument could go there too, but you know, parents could, could put their kids in the public school system and, and I can already hear the groans. Um, and then there's, the other option which is the other end of the spectrum which is homeschooling and mm-hmm. okay that's what I did, uh, my wife and I um, but then there's this middle one which isn't really middle, um, it's just it's like a triangle, there's three points and mm-hmm. um, then there's the parochial option where you get the, in my opinion anyway you get the best of both worlds mm-hmm. now, um, do you have any thoughts on that subject in general or maybe even maybe specific I, uh yeah,
1: I think this is one of those cases where there's not a one-size-fits-all, and, and certain people uh, are in circumstances that are uh, make it impossible to simply um, look at these three options and choose the one that's best principally. Um, and I, I really do believe uh, that, despite all of its problems, uh, public schools are a mercy in the lives of many uh, families families, especially lower income families families that are struggling with you know single parent uh, households that they that these institutions, broken as they are um, can can, can uh, do a lot of good in in training children and and helping uh, add stability to to families' lives so i I think there are circumstances in which that is true.
0: Do you think though that in the public with the public school option mm-hmm. um, that there has there is an unfortunate stigma that's applied to the families that choose that route? I
1: do in, uh, within the church. I I do, and I I um, I think there are some families who choose that option unthinkingly, and I think they ought to be. Um, I think having that conversation with them is good one as long as uh, it's good as long as it's done uh graciously mm-hmm. um but i um my my own my i mean we 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 tend we sent our kids to public school through fifth grade and they're in uh, the local christian school uh in middle and high school and that's what worked best financially for us, but we also uh, felt like it was uh, steering our kids at a time uh, when it was crucial in their lives to have the presence of other Christian adults. Uh, we are grateful we, that God enabled us to have the means to do that. Uh, but also, frankly, and this goes, this speaks to what I was talking about earlier, uh, by about the sixth grade or seventh grade, uh, what they're needing to learn is beyond either my wife or I, uh, depending on right. the discipline, I mean, they they're just getting into areas of science and math uh, and and a sophisticated the sophistication in the way in which they're engaging literature, that I'm grateful to have practitioners who have devoted their lives, I mean, you know Christian practitioners in the case of the Christian school, who have devoted uh, their professional lives to helping students uh, read these texts and develop skills in writing uh, develop the ability to engage with, with equations. And I, 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 that's something I know I would not be able to do. Um, beyond that, again, i if all things being equal and we could all had the means and the circumstances to do this, I think there's something, uh, really wonderful about the, uh, the ways in which, uh, Christian schooling, um f- forms bonds with church and home uh to get behind uh the, the raising of a child. And so we've been extremely grateful for uh this sort of triangle of school, home and church uh in our lives. But that's like that that's just been what has been uh best suited for our circumstances.
0: Yeah. And, and, and even within the educational process, uh, you were talking about, you know, feeling outclassed or outgunned, um, on certain disciplines. I know we, sure. we wrestled with that. Uh, yeah. We homeschool there. Those who listen to this all the time know that you know, my wife and I homeschooled and, and we hit that, that wall too. And, and every homeschooling parent, um, I think if they're honest is going to admit that, that they hit yeah. that, they hit a wall somewhere. And, mm-hmm. um, we had co-ops that we were able to utilize in the educational process so the kids would go off for a few hours and mm. some would say that was just a just a form of public education by other means I, I, I didn't agree with that um but but be that as it may you know you have the one point of the triangle where public education and in un, the unfortunate stigma that tends to come and i do think you're right i think parents who choose that route need guidance and wisdom in, in mm-hmm. making those decisions elders need to be involved yep. pastors need to be involved in those things but they need to be involved also. If you choose to homeschool, that's the other point. Um, yeah. If you're going to homeschool, point. you know here's your, here's your weaknesses, here's your strengths. I think they both have every point has weaknesses and strengths. Mm. Um. And then, but the third option is the one that I, I labored in the paper to argue. Um. And this is just to be clear, this is not this is Bill's opinion. Nobody mm-hmm. else's necess- Well, it might be other people's, but it's I'm speaking for Bill. Um. Podcast of the seminary. I want to be clear here, um, that I labor to argue that the parochial option, all things being equal, um, money, whatever, um, would be the best route to educate our kids, our our children, and prepare them for further education because it captures the best of both worlds. It places well-trained teachers in front of them. Um, They're in a classroom environment where they're debating and deliberating with other students who are thinking through the same subjects. And it's also then as well governed and under the umbrella of the church, which uh, has a doctrinal foundation that keeps everything in play. So in their music classes or in their history classes, they're, they're looking at the various disciplines and, and interacting with those, debating with the students in class, with the, with the teacher who's well-trained in those areas. Um, that, that was the, the takeaway I got on it. It's not unique with me. I was compelled in this direction by a professor. Um, at the seminary and and i'm just Mm. wondering what your take on that um again if all things being equal i realize parochial school it costs money i I argued that i said i real i'm well aware of the fact that it would take money but if our presbyterians acted presbyterian Mm. when it comes to education and thought seriously about why we're losing our kids when they go into the secular realm Mm -hmm. um, does this help i mean i don't realize can't solve it perfectly but does it help i
1: i really i agree I really agree with what you're saying. And, and here's where I think we have a lot, we as Presbyterians have a lot to learn, uh, from the Dutch. I think the Dutch mm-hmm. system of Christian schools, uh, they, they, and and I think it's even breaking down in, in, uh, Dutch communities, older Christian reform communities, especially in more rural areas where it was maybe the strongest but you even find it in, in certain, certain cities. Um, But there was a time where every Sunday there was an offering taken up for the church, and then a second offering came around for Christian schools, because it was Mm. assumed that this was a part of uh, the church's role to come alongside uh, families, not just in a general sense of Sunday school and helping them catechize at home, but also getting them uh, the basic uh, foundations of literacy and numeracy that they get in schooling, that was uh, something they believed ought to be done within within Christian schools. So I believe that, that we have a, a lot to learn from them, and, uh, and in all honesty, uh, I think it's also best of all possible worlds uh, to be able to send your kid to a Christian college, and I think that the exact same arguments that you made about the value of parochial school can be made for Christian higher ed. In fact, I have a lot of friends who say, you know, if you're having to, if you're struggling between sending your kids paying, you don't want, to, you can't afford to send your kids to Christian college. So, um, uh, they, they, because I sent my kids to private, uh, secondary school, many will say i'd rather send my kids to public school for k through 12 because they're still under my roof and i still yeah. have the ability to sort of speak into their lives and have a be a predominant influence on them and when they go off to college for those crucial 18 to 22 year i'd, I'd rather spend my money uh, sending to a christian college
0: mm, and that's i an interesting point.
1: and i really do believe there's something to that um, again not everyone can afford it uh, but I think that we, wh- whatever we're doing, I think we should at least give some, uh, give some thought to that.
0: You know, we're talking about disciple-making. I, I interjected that term, and, we, and, and, and I think, and I, I realize I'm generalizing. It's always dangerous, but <laughs> be that as it may. Um, it seems to me that when we, we use that word disciple-making, that our brains right away immediately run to theology, religion, um, Christian piety. Mm -hmm. Um, instead Mm -hmm. of realizing that disciple making is, is, I think anyway, more than just that it is that it includes that of course, but it includes how to take a Christian life and worldview into the areas of music, literature, art, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. um, and, and sanctify that, capture that for God's glory. And, and part of part of disciple making is education. If all Mm -hmm. truth is God's truth. Now, again, I, I was overwhelmingly convinced by a professor at the seminary on this subject. And, um. I mean, I had to completely revise my whole thought process on education. Period. And um, and, and so, just a little snippet of a dream I have as a pastor uh, laboring in a presbytery here in um, in North Carolina. Um, one of my dreams, one of my long-term visions, if you want to call it that, goals, uh, hopes, <laughs> pray- prayers, um, is to see our presbytery actually start thinking seriously about our youth, our children, and how as a presbytery we're going to disciple our, our covenant children, not just in the things of, of the Bible, mm-hmm. but as important and necessary as that is and foundational, the queen of sciences, right? Mm-hmm. And then take that and apply it in the music area, in literature, history, um, arts, uh, whatever it may be. And how are we effectively going to do that? Are we just going to leave it up to the parents to figure it out as they go? Or are we going to give some guidance? And um, are we going to maybe look at an area of our press and say, you know, we, could, we should put a school right here governed by the church, uh, with elders uh, overseeing it and, and framing it around our doctrinal mm. standards and hiring the best teachers in the field to do the things that, that they can do. And the churches get behind it, like you were talking about, how the Dutch used to do it. And in fact, that was commonplace. Now we've, we've completely abandoned it, it seems, altogether and I think because of that, perhaps we've lost some of the we've the consequences of that have have been very obvious mm. um, in our youth today.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. I I just had the privilege of spending last week teaching uh, a week long course in our Master of Education program with a group of about thirteen Christian uh, secondary school teachers from literally all over the world, um, and. One of the things that i uh, one of the things that was a bit discouraging spending time with them is the extent to which i I know that many of them don't feel that their profession as teachers is um, as honored as w- within their Christian communities as uh, as it might be and i I think that mm. among the professions, it's one of those things that many think, well anybody can do that. And I think that the homeschooling impulse for as, for as good as it can be uh, sometimes diminishes the uh, role of, of, of teaching as a profession. And I think that's something that we of all people, I think Christians ought to be uh,
0: defending oh, and
1: promoting and supporting right. and helping to undergird. Because I think folks like that, um, re- we need folks like that to populate the you know the schools that that you're talking about uh, to be able to participate in this in this vision of of discipleship, which I I, I, I agree, uh, we have an impoverished notion of if we think it's only about um, the the specific elements of piety and uh, and, and and catechizing as, as important as those are.
0: Yeah, I, I I think we're on the same page. I and and. And, and I think if, if, if in, in fact, and, and I definitely want your opinion on this, if we, if we, if we carefully thought through that now with kids, uh, children, keep saying kids slang, mm-hmm. our children who are mm-hmm. five years old, six years old, and we begin, and we're not thinking about them as five or six-year-olds, but we're looking at them as future adults uh, who are going to go into the world and, and engage the world as Christians, um, we need to start now, not then, mm-hmm. um, and and so, but so the question really is how how do you how do you get there and mm-hmm. how do you overcome long held structures and beliefs uh, that many parents have. I, I my wife and I went through a phase when we were homeschooling that uh, you know if you're not homeschooling you're in sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had we went through we wrestled through that um, probably went over the line uh, a couple times, but I had to pull back and realize that you know God has given. Those children, to me, it's my responsibility to educate them. Whatever path I choose, it's my responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I'm accountable, whatever Mm -hmm. path I choose. So it just seems to me that we want to give the, if we have three points of the triangle, which one of those points, all things being considered, offers the best chance for my five-year-old to then enter the university, Princeton, Harvard, I don't care where he goes. Mm
1: -hmm. He's had
0: all of these years of this strict and, and structured foundation doctrinally, uh, and, and then the disciplines erected on top of it, where they go into Princeton or Harvard, where they're going to get hit with things that they've heard already, mm-hmm. and and are able to interact with and and learn from and and and, and grasp from a Christian mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know that we think long term in this department, and I think that's where you're coming from as well. Yeah,
1: I think. Um I think a lot of the conversations we have, and you, you alluded to this, and I I'm, have plenty of um, regrets in, among past conversations I've had. I, I do think that we tend to generate in certain circumstances a lot more heat than light when it comes to these mm-hmm. discussions, and I really do believe that in all kinds of ways we need to be gracious to one another in the way we speak about you know different kinds of decisions, even as we, we do want to have in some cases uh, we're called on to to sometimes say hard things or raise issues that people either don't want to think about or hadn't occurred to them to think about when it comes to uh, the challenges of education. But I I do think we need to be we need to be winsome in doing that and and recognize that uh, the the complexities of the world and the circumstances we each find ourselves make it impossible to have simply a one-size-fits-all option, and I think that uh, uh, there's not going to be a silver bullet when it comes to um, solving the challenge of preparing our children to both flourish in the world, but to do so simultaneously as faithful um, church members and, uh, the, the faithful Christians.
0: So, you know, it's funny, it's funny you say that. And, and, and as you mentioned, made the comment about the silver bullet, I just thought to myself, you know, it's, it's interesting the way God, especially in this particular area, but just the way God has, has created his world and put us in it and how we live. And if there was a silver bullet, let's say this one size fits all thing, it's mm-hmm. going to accomplish everything. And it's a done deal because we do it this way I mean, in some sense, it takes it, it strips us of the reality that that we live in dependence on God, and if mm. we have this we don 't really need him we 're just going to follow this process, and mm. we 're good to go mm. and, and I think you 're right, and I think it 's important and i, I don 't want to communicate to people that are listening to this that I think well, if you put your kids in a parochial situation it 's going to all your problems are solved no i 'm mm. not suggesting that, and i right. 'm not suggesting that that 's going to work for everybody either i 'm suggesting right. that it 's an option that we don't really have right now. Mm-hmm. The only two that were really on the triangle, the only two points we're really people seem to be talking about is whether it's public school, whether it's homeschool. Mm. And I'm suggesting that there's a, there, this third point is probably better and, but it's not available mm. yeah, not, and at least not as widespread.
1: No, I agree with that entirely. And I, and I think, um, I think we need to, um, part of it is a, is a residual, uh, uh, suspicion of institutions in general. And I do think that um, honoring and getting behind uh, institutions uh, like Christian schools and, and urging people to sort of um, support them and help to, to them to thrive. Uh, Cause homeschooling is only going to last and any given homeschool only lasts as long as people have kids at home. And then, you know, they go out of business and, you know, people <laughs> go on to do other things. And I, I think that's one of the things that we uh might learn from past generations is in terms of putting our shoulders to building institutions that could outlive us uh doing good things in God's world and I I think that uh it's another take on exactly what you're saying that I think there's a lot there's just a lot of good that can come from um thinking about uh the the the, the long-term prospects of uh of Christian of, of Christian schooling and 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 having our churches get behind them, so I'm 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 with you on that for sure.
0: Well, we're we're almost out of time, and, and we've talked about a lot of different things. So let me see if we can sum things up, uh, or you can sum things up. In your estimation, and your research, and your work in this area, you know, what are some of the, the the critical, the top three or four critical issues that you would love to see? Uh, parents begin to think about and 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 it, when it comes to education. Mm-hmm. If if they, I mean I and I'm not limited to th- two or three. I mean, if you got ten, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, how, however, many there is.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think first of all, I think we need to be intentional um, mm-hmm. about uh, thinking about the necessity of raising our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord and preparing them to live in this world uh engaged with its problems, not withdrawn from uh the the challenges that, that we face. And I think with that, uh I guess I would want to urge people to, to do that self um conscientiously, but also without fear. Uh, I guess one of the things that burdened me in, in, in writing this was the, the degree of anxiety that I see people have who who increasingly feel their backs against the wall and feel under assault. Uh, I, I know that there are grave and great challenges that we face as believers in what feels like an increasingly aggressive and, and adversarial world. Uh, but I, I think we have to remember that our God is so much greater than that, and he hasn't sort of taken his uh, eyes off of, of the road somehow uh, that, that we've gotten ourselves into this. I think that God is still working out his good purposes before us, and that these disciplines that, in, in the case when it comes to education, these disciplines uh, still hold tremendous value for us. And I think as long as we are in conversation with one another and rooting what we're doing uh, within a framework of, uh, of of scripture and a, and a biblical worldview, uh, I think that we don't uh, I think we can go much more confidently uh, to engage the world of learning and derive from it all kinds of, of good things uh much more than we often give it give it credit. I, I don't I think, I think we have to continue to be wise, uh to seek good counsel, uh to find Christian community wherever we are, uh to always f- remember that the, the most important thing I think in sending a kid to any college is rooting them in a local church. Uh I think mm-hmm. all of these things uh all of these matter a great deal, but I um and, and to that something that that has come up a couple of times, I just think we need to be gracious to one another when we are having these conversations that can be so emotional and fraught with so much uh, potential for disagreement. I think we need to listen uh, to one another and and find some some, uh, pathways forward uh, that will not just allow our children to be more faithful, but will honor God uh, as we go
0: you remind me of what paul said in ephesians 5 about walking carefully wisely mm, uh, mm. you know in this matter i mean it's the, the, obviously the, the in the direct context he's talking about you know using your time well and all but but the fact is is that you know as christians um we go into a secular educational situation um we, we know we shouldn't be shocked mm. <laughs> i think by what we're going to hear mm-hmm. uh, but so make be wise be careful be circumspect and the approach, um, but don't close off every avenue of learning because it, it's being taught by, a, a, in my case, a lesbian professor. I mean, right. okay, uh, right. does that mean everything that comes out of her mouth is wrong? Of course not. No. And so, and, and and grab a hold of all that it is, and and chuck away the ungodliness that tends that can sometimes come from that, mm-hmm. and then lose the fear of the reality that just because my kid goes to a public school or goes to a secular school doesn't mean, by definition, they're going to be lost to the world. That's right. Um, and at some point, you've got to trust God's covenant promises for your children and um, and and pray diligently while they're mm-hmm. there. That's and, uh, right. Check that's and check right. and take keep tabs on them. That's right. <laughs> and don't take your hands aren't off yet. Um, it, so, um, okay, so that's that's one. Um, others? Well, <laughs> I tried to back a lot into that one. I probably cheated and then added a bunch
1: in into that one sure, sure. I, I i would also make though another um uh pitch for and i and we, we I, i'm not from the south originally we we now you know live in chattanooga with my family um so
0: where where are you from originally? i'm from i'm from ohio um originally if you're a northerner that's okay i mean yeah. I tell by my by my voice but i'm not from the south either okay all. Well, uh, I'm a New Yorker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, one of the things, that, and not, not, that, not that Christian schooling or, or Christian higher is such a big deal uh, in the North because there are certainly a lot of places where it's not, but uh, I, I think a lot of, I've met a lot of PCA families who have assumed that I'm going to raise up my kids at home and then send them to a good SEC school. Uh, and as long as it, you know they can find an RUF program, they're going to be fine. I don't want to, Necessarily critique that that can be a good pathway. I also, though, would like to urge folks to at least contemplate uh, the possibility of of Christian schooling beyond uh, the the uh, the primary and secondary grades. Uh, just because this this is such a crucial period of time, uh, and as you said, it, it's not just the content of what goes on in the classroom as important as that is. And I in my view, as important it is, as it is for young people to see really smart people who are also very faithful. Mm-hmm. I also think building networks of, of friendships and and, and and that a Christian environment can can provide is also really important through these years when, you know, we talk about adolescence is now extending well into the twenties and for some into <laughs> the thirties. I think this is such a crucial period of time to continue to root uh, folks in, um, in Christian community that uh, I, just, I just hope uh, listeners, especially if their kids are getting close to college age, they'll at least give that some thought and uh, at least maybe uh, go on a little road trip and visit some, uh, some sure. Christian colleges. And there's a lot of, uh, of really good ones. And, and
0: you know, and, and also as a parent, I think talk to your kids, sit down with them. Mm -hmm. and and have that conversation with them um they're gonna have to spend the four years there uh, not you Uh, maybe your money but it's their time and um and and you know if they don't if they're uncomfortable explore why Uh, maybe uh, there could be a host of reasons but Mm -hmm. but explore those issues and um, have those conversations and you know and, and I'm a big believer in the spirituality of the church and you know, involve your elders and seek their guidance and wisdom as you make these decisions because they're big. They're huge. I mean, there's just they some are. decisions in life that are just they're deal breakers and education is one of them. Marriage is another. Um, you know, these are critical decisions.
1: Well, and they, and they're linked because the likelihood that they're going to find their spouse during that four-year span uh, or at least meet someone who will potentially become their spouse is pretty pretty high. So those are... Yeah, that's a great point. That's a the, that's a, a decision that has kind of a Double consequence to
0: it. Tell the listeners about the book um, that you wrote, and then okay. the series as yeah. we wrap up, and then how they can how they, if they want to explore this a little bit further, with where they can go to to get the material.
1: Sure. Well, it's uh, it's more of a booklet. It's not a very long thing, so I would uh, you can read it here in a in a couple of hours. But it's uh, uh, it, the book the booklet's entitled "An Invitation to Academic Studies," and it's kind of an anchor. Uh, booklet in a series uh, that explores the academic disciplines. Each are written by believers who are full uh, participants within their disciplines and they basically are both writing what it means to frame their disciplines within a Christian understanding but simultaneously uh, to see those disciplines as gifts from God and uh, Mm -hmm. ways in which uh, being involved in those disciplines, God may use uh, to make us more active lovers of of Him uh, and His people, so uh, the again the 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 series is called Faithful Learning, which is really the goal uh, to take this very important human activity and do it before God in a faithful way. Uh, but there are um, there are now um, uh, copies of the of their Faithful Learning. Uh, uh, booklets available in chemistry and music, political science, literature, philosophy, um, I may be missing one, but they're sociology, but the, the sociology, that's right. And, 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 uh, uh, there, there will be more to come.
0: And you can get, uh, if you are interested, if, if our conversation has sparked thought, which is really the goal, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, from a practical perspective, um, if you're interested in these, you can get them at the PNR website. It's sure. pr, prpbooks.com and, and uh, forward slash series forward slash faithful learning. But Or you can just Google Faithful Learning. But the link will be on the website um, when this program is released to the public. And so you can just go to the confessingourhope.com website and click on it. It'll take you right there. Um, and they're very reasonable. They're all $4 each. Um, and they cover these various disciplines that we've already Mentioned, so I'd encourage the listeners to avail themselves, especially if you have children. I don't really care if, if they're five or if they're fifteen. Um, read these with with your wife, husbands, and wives with your husbands, and read them together and and think through this this material. Have your kids read them, and your children read them, and 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 explore and ask questions and start talking about this because um, again, it's a, it's a vitally critical issue. And um, I have friends who. Uh, are in the academic world at a very high level um phds in 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 physics as an example who is a, a is a reformed presbyterian christian man and 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 i can assure you that that he, this is a critical issue for him he runs against it all the time with mm-hmm. the secular community um, dealing especially in the physics in, in physics and so we want our kids to be able to interact with that from a christian worldview and not be afraid of it That's not right. be afraid to interact with it and mm-hmm. um and 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 parents not to be afraid that, that the reality of I'll oh, send my kid off to Harvard that means they'll come back a you know a secular humanist well that's not necessarily the case and so um, these books these booklets are designed to help interact with those questions and these subjects in particular so I think they're very helpful and um, I wish they were available when I was doing the business of educating my children. They're all grown now and they're doing their thing. And, um, well, the Lord was more faithful to us than we deserved. Mm -hmm. And, um, throughout the whole thing, Dr. Green, it's been great talking with you. I, I think we're like-minded in a lot of ways on Mm the subject. And, um, I hope our conversation, um, will at least encourage, uh, people to think through it more, um, maybe than we have. And, 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 and we probably should be thinking through it far more than we have. Mm. So that's my goal. Um, any concluding remarks, comments?
1: No, I'm just thankful of- so much, uh, the bill for your interest in the topic and for your listeners. Uh, and I, uh, just thanks again for having me and for, for such a stimulating conversation.
0: Great. Thank you. Hold on the line just a minute while I wrap things up and let everybody know what we're doing. Um, if you want to know what's coming up on the program, again, it's simply confessingourhope.com. Uh, go there, click on the coming up page and it'll give you the list of all the dates, uh, of upcoming podcasts. As everybody knows, uh, Lord willing, I release one once a week. Um, I'm also a very busy pastor, but I do the best I can to get one out every Friday. Um, and so look forward to new programs uh, in, over the next few months. I'm thankful to my assistant who uh, doesn't get enough credit, frankly, uh, for his work. He, he diligently emails and contacts people all over the planet um, to line these, uh, these, these interviews and these discussions uh, uh, for you. And I hope they're useful to your edification and growth. Um, and thought as, as we deal with various topics along the way. So confessingourhope.com is the website. You can write me again. It's confessingourhope at gpts.edu. So until next time, we do thank you for listening to this particular edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. And God bless.